Welcome to Chi Alpha at Longwood and Hampton Sydney College. This podcast is a collection of messages and teachings designed to help you grow in your relationship with God and become the best version of yourself so that you can fulfill all that God has for you. We hope that you enjoy. Get a better day now because we're all together. So I'm really excited about this message because it's something that I was praying about just like this morning, I was studying for hours, just thinking about what the Lord wanted to. And I just was studying, like, anything you do, if you're exercising, the more you exercise, the more you want to do, okay? So, Bible. Bible, and then when you read the Word, the Word is living, right? The Word is living. Are you with me? So, if that means the Word is living, that means that it actually speaks to you as you read the Bible. So, as we read the Word, the, the beautiful thing about it is the Bible reads us. So you might be able to fake out, you might be able to have a conversation with Jay Melly, and you're just going, yeah, I'm doing awesome, and then this is happening, and then this is going on, and then all of a sudden, you read the Bible, and it's like the Lord just speaks to you, and he just cuts right through all the stuff. How many of you can fake it with other people, but you know what you're talking about? When you get with some people, you can't fake it, right? When you're with God, you can't fake it. You just can't, and you can try as much as you want, but it's just like he's so honest, and he's so loving, and he's so kind. You know, he just brings the best out of you, and so that's what God does. He's not there to condemn you. Sometimes people read the Bible, and they're like, I just don't want to read it because I feel like it's going to be a whole bunch of rules. That's not what the Bible's like. How many of you have discovered a new love for the Bible since you've been in Chi Alpha? Raise your hand. That's huge. Raise your hand higher than that, okay? You've discovered a new love for the Bible. That's awesome. Buchanan's like double hands up. Okay, it's true. How many of you know that when you understand the Bible, that it's for you, it's a letter written to you from God, that it just blows my mind. So I've had letters written to me by other people that I've saved. This is a divine letter that God used human people, human men, to write to us, but it's divinely inspired. The Bible says that. It's divinely inspired. And I want you to know the more that I have been in the Word, the more I'm not bored in the Bible. So the more I read the Bible, it doesn't go like, oh, this is boring. It's not like that. If, if your journey with the Bible is getting boring, I want you to know there could be lulls, but the basic reality is you just need to get around other people that are getting things from the Word. Okay? That's why we, it's really important to do small groups. So look to your neighbor and say, don't you love the, the um, weather? Just look to your neighbor and say, don't you love the weather? Don't you love the weather? How many of you love spring? How many of you love that it's not snowing outside? Okay, it snowed in Illinois this weekend where I'm from, and my mom is like, it's snowing. And I said, I love Virginia. Now, it might be snowing tomorrow. We never know. But today, it's nice, right? So today's, um, the message that I'm going to be talking about is winning the battle of your mind. How many of you have battles in your mind? The rest of you are lying. We all have battles in our minds, okay? Why? Because the devil is after you. Not because you're just something super special that, you know, there's nobody like you. You are special and there is nobody like you. But the reality is he's after all of God's children. And he, the enemy knows that you have a, hi, we just like to welcome, come back. Are you eating a honey bun? That's disgusting. I'm not a hater, but I hate honey buns. Well, hello, cowboy. Good to see you. Everyone, Clint Black is in the room. Okay, so here we go. Um, George Strait or who would you prefer? Hank Williams. Sorry, Hank. Okay, Hank. No, you don't like Hank. We'll do an early Johnny Cash. That's a good one. Okay, so before, but a saved Johnny Cash. He did get saved later. Okay, so winning the battle of your mind, and I want you just to know your mind is a battleground. 
Okay, your mind is a battleground that the enemy is constantly trying to win over. He's trying to work and to do overtime sometimes. Have you ever felt like, just leave me alone? Have you ever felt like that? Like, go work on somebody else. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, but God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you, right? No one, no one can be against you. So we should all be growing in areas of our life, but then overcoming in our areas does not just stop. It's not like I go, okay, you know, I had a great weekend I got a lot at church. Now I'm done in this area of the battle. It's like you constantly have a battle. So some of you are going to think, well, guess what? I can't wait till I have no battle going on in my mind. You will have a battle for the rest of your life. And I don't mean that like defeating you. I mean, you will not have the same battle, but you will go through battles in your mind, okay? So the same battle that I battled when I was 18 that I thought, I'll never get rid of this. I can't even tell you what I would have battled 18, but I can't get rid of this, right? I can't stop this or whatever. That eventually, the more I read the word, stayed in healthy community at church in small group and prayed, just those three things, the more I just kept doing that, that eventually those things that I thought I could never get over I could never win it became like a third foot you don't want it it's like you don't even ask you know it's like gone so those things will eventually you outgrow them you will be you'll conquer things in your life so I don't know about you but I don't know many high school guys or college guys that are still playing t-ball right so you're like that in your mind. There are things right now that you're thinking, I'm never going to overcome that. The reality is you are going to overcome it because Jesus has overcome for you. And you need to overcome it because there are bigger battles for you to face that are going to be ahead of you. And it's really important that you overcome because so many people need to hear your story. You know, one time when we were going through something really hard, it was... Um, I don't even know the year of it, but it was the big like economic crash, and we had 11 homes. Bill and I had been married maybe 20 years, maybe 15 years. I don't know. My husband, um, that's who I'm married to. That's what we do here. So, and I've been married to him. We'll be married 30 years in May. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. It's hard to believe that I'm 32, but it is. No, I'm joking. I'm so, but the, the, the reality is when I even got married, when I started to date Bill, there was this process of can I even date a Christian guy? You might think, well, of course you can't, Miss Jenny. I wasn't always Miss Jenny. I was a kid that was just like you. I was 18, coming out, and when I got saved, my clothes didn't get saved. I remember I was, like, literally going to small group, and I remember Bill, who was my small group leader, going, you look amazing, but the guys can't study. I go, oh, okay, so I need to change. Because in my world, that was just a normal way to dress. Does that make sense? So it was like I had to walk through things just like you have to walk through things, ladies, guys. You have to walk through things, and I had to walk through things. There's no, like, ticket just to go, oh, it's a free pass. But the more you walk through things, the stronger you get. Just the stronger and the, and the more able that you are able to help people. So eventually, you're not playing t-ball anymore. You can coach t-ball because you're able to grow stronger in things. And people are, I'm, I've seen people that have mind battles. They can have doctorates. They can be heads of literally companies. And they could, I've, I've seen people that are certified psychiatrists, right? You have to have your doctorate for a psychiatrist, right? But they're not saved. And their world, their marriage, their family is a mess up because they don't truly have the battle won in their mind. They have the knowledge, but they can't walk in the wisdom of it without God. There's no way that I could have had the marriage and the family that I have now without God in the center of my life. 
It was me saying every day, God, I make, I make you the center of my life. You are my foundation. It was me choosing to read the word every day when I didn't feel like it. It was me choosing to go to small group. It was me choosing to go to some retreats that I thought, I don't know if I really want to go, but you, you need to go. So I'm going to read some of these things real quick, and you're going to nod. You're going to speak with me. Are you with me? Say amen. Thank you. All right, amen. So overcoming is not a one and done. Come on, guys. It, hallelujah. It is continuous. It, so it's like if you have a garden, you know, you garden throughout the whole season. I don't just garden in the spring because in the fall, I would have a mess. Okay, your mind is like that. So you have a garden in the front of my house. It can be beautiful. I have these huge roses. And so your mind is like a garden, okay, and that's really important. And how thoughts grow in your life. This is how thoughts grow in your life. This is Jenny. I am not a psychiatrist, but I think this is pretty good stuff. Okay, how thoughts grow in your life. Someone else planted them. You planted them. The enemy planted them. And life events planted them. Meaning something happened, maybe something traumatic happened in your life, and it planted a seed. Okay? So your mind is a battle. It's, a, it's, it's, it's where you're at, and it's like a garden. And I want you to understand, the Bible says clearly that, that we are, like, we are the, having the kingdom of God in us. Okay? And it says clearly in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of God, what did Jesus would say? The kingdom of God is like, Right? So he compared the kingdom of God to a seed. And our mind is where that would grow. And it also says our heart, that's where it would grow. And how many of you know how closely our heart and our mind are connected? Right? You think a thought, your heart can get warm. You can think about thought about somebody that you don't like, your heart can go hard, right? So it's very much our heart and our thoughts are connected in that, okay? So it's really important that we have our mind renewed. So when you have someone that's planted someone in, in something into your life, when you're growing up, you're little, okay? For instance, things that you'll think that you have no thoughts of, you just had it when you were happening little. For instance... I'm five, seven and a half. I've always lied, said I was five, eight. So now I'm saying the truth. I'm five, seven and a half. And so what happened is I remember my stepmom, who's like this tall, would always tell me, Jenny, you're so lucky to be so tall. You can reach the top shelf. And she would tell me, Jenny, you're so lucky you to be tall. And so I, what did I grow up thinking? From nine years old, what did I, I mean, I'm getting taller. I'm getting taller than her. What was my thought going into my mind? Jenny, you're so lucky to be tall. So I moved to Florida, I have a little baby, and my neighbor comes to the door, and she's beautiful, she looks like she's dropped out of, you know, Miss America, or whatever, I mean, came out of Miss America. She has a little girl, and we became friends, and she looks at me, she goes, don't you hate being, we're the same height, okay? And she goes, don't you hate being tall? And I go, no, I'm so lucky to be tall. I literally repeat the words that my stepmom would say to me. And my mom never said anything. Her and I are the same height. She's never said anything. But I always just thought, I'm so lucky to be tall, okay? She goes, why would you feel like you're lucky to be tall? I said, I don't know why I thought that. And then it hit me. I guess so, because my stepmom would always tell me, Jenny, can you reach this? Or, you know, Jenny, you're so lucky because I can't reach that. And she'd just always bring out the best for that. And she said, my mom always told me because her and my sister are like five foot, and she's my height, maybe five eight. She was taller, I guess. And she's like, she told me all the time, I hate it that you're so tall. I can never find jeans to fit you. I hate it that you're so tall. I can never, I never know how, how to get a dress for you. Because there's challenges with long legs, right, ladies? We can't. So there's other challenges with whatever height or whatever you have. And so what is that? That's a seed that was planted into her. And at her age, she was probably 25 years old. She had the thought, I hate that I'm so tall. And she said, I just pray that my kids aren't tall. 
And I said, well, I just want you to know, I think you're lucky that you're tall, and I think it's a gift. And she was floundered. Like, that just, like, took her back. Can I tell you, you often don't know the lies that you believe until you are in front of truth. Right? And when truth is expressed with love and hope and faith, it's attractive. When truth is, expo- is, is expressed with anger, even if it's true or just knowledge, it puffs up. How we received truth determines how well it goes into the soil of our heart. Okay? So we want to express truth. We want to believe truth. So our first thing is identify what is not healthy by knowing the truth. So how do we know what the truth is? If I, okay, where's Ricky? Ricky, did you bring the thing? Okay, good. So Ricky, can you come over here? So I don't know why. I just thought you disappeared. So can you, I had the fear that you were going to buy a tree, you were thinking I needed a tree. I had this thought earlier because I didn't see the tree. I'm like, I hope Ricky does not go to some store to buy a tree if he forgot it. So this is Ricky's tree. He, he gave $12 to some obviously very expensive tree. $12 for this precious little tree. 10 for 12. I'm trying not to spill it. So um, here, Jordan, um, we're not going to take it out because I don't want water everywhere. I'm going to let Jordan hold it so if it spills, it goes on him. Well, put your water down. Can you hold it? Be careful. Don't spill it. Okay. So what happens is you get this tree, right? And so he has descriptions on the tree. What is this tree? A crepe myrtle. Okay, so you had directions, like you had something that said which tree it is, right? So when you have some stuff that's been planted into your life, how is he, he doesn't know what's in his life, right? So he's like, if you have things growing that are growing in your life, growing in your mind, okay, if your life is a garden, your mind is a garden, you have things that are growing that have been planted there, you don't know really what it is. Okay, so we have to look this up. He has like, okay, what's a, a, a crepe myrtle? So he looks up what's a crepe myrtle, so he knows where to plant it if it's good. Now, what if they sent him poison ivy? He's like, this is really cool. He literally could have it in a bag. They could have done it as a joke, right? And then he would have planted, or let's say something really bad, like um, what's that lucky plant that people think is really cool that's horrible? Bamboo, right? It's horrible. It, like, destroys things that, like, you know, we paid somebody, like, I think $150 just because somebody that lived at our house before us has planted bamboo, okay? It's really bad for the, whatever, you're not supposed to have it here. It's fine in China or wherever it is for, who eats bamboo? Okay, in a house, you're not supposed to have it, like, in your yard, okay? You do you, but let me just tell you, it ruins things, okay? So what happens is you need to know what's good and what's bad. And sometimes we think thoughts that we think they're good, right? What do we need to look at? If, there, if it's this, I'm going to Google it. I'll get a botany book or whatever to, to look for this plant. Like, okay, what is this going to be good for? But in, in, in our life and in our mind, we need the truth, which is the B-I-B-L-E. So we need the Bible because as the Bible, we read the truth and we're with people that are walking in truth. Then those lies get exposed and we go, that's not supposed to be there right? We're like, okay, yeah, that's not supposed to be, that's not good in my life. For instance, a life event would be that you have that's been planted into your mind. Okay, my life event would be my parents got divorced when I was five. So my life event, what is there, what would be the natural thing? Well, my, if I get married, I'll probably end up getting divorced, right? Especially if you've seen a pattern of it. Or if you've seen the opposite can be, like for Christians, 
there are some people that don't want to be anywhere around a church because they've seen Christianity as hypocrisy and mean and angry. They have, they have life events that have been real to them. Is that the truth? Is every church like that? No, but you have to have the word to go, okay, that's not what every church, and you have to, and when we read the word, and when we know the truth, the truth actually, when you get the word, and when you're with other people that are walking in truth, you actually have the power to take out the lies that the enemy has planted in your mind. Okay, so it's really important that you and I understand that, that there are things growing in your mind right now that you did not plant. There are things that are growing in your mind right now that are not good. There are things that are growing in your mind that are wonderful that you didn't plant. There are truths that are growing in your mind that are absolutely phenomenal that you need to have and pass on for generation. There are other things that look like truth, and especially if they were mixed with a pain, it actually feels like a truth, but it's not. It's a lie. And if it does not, even if it looks true, smells true, acts true, if it does not line up to the word, it's a what? It's a lie. So that's why we need the word of God for us. Okay, a perfect example. There's a guy that leads worship, and um, anyway, I can't think of his name. One of the, he, he's, he's smaller, he's black, he does like, uh, a, he's one of the famous worship guys. You guys know what I'm talking about? Who? Clint, what is, no, 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 he's, he's young, he's, no, no, anyway, he's, it's not Chandler Moore, it's somebody older than him. It, uh, Clint, Kirk, Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin, okay, he's like way known. He was sharing a story. He was being interviewed. He shared a story about how he struggled with porn, okay, and it about took his marriage out. But as he, his wife looked at him when she found out, and he said, I'm so sorry I've struggled with this this long, this long. He was already into music. He was doing really well. And she looked at him, and she said, oh, no, we're going to work through this together, and you're going to overcome this. She goes, this is not your future. He lived in shame. He lived in complete, like, like denial that he could ever be free. And God had helped him, and that became part of his story. Some of you have things that are going on in your life. It's not just porn, but sometimes you were exposed. Maybe you were exposed to porn as a child. How many of you have known people that get exposed to horrible things as children? Sometimes you don't want to know some of the stories that I've heard from people of what that's happened to them. That's not your fault, but it was planted in you, and it's a lie from the enemy, and you need to expose it to get it out, and you need to have the truth. So we're going to talk about some of the things. So we need to have this. Okay, now you can go. You just got to hold it. Hold, you can hold it over there. You're doing good. You eat your honey bun. Oh, it's already gone. I'm so sorry. That's gross. You guys really like those things? Mm, Satan. Just gross. No, I'm joking. It's not Satan. Okay. All right. So identify what is not, number one, identify what is not healthy by knowing the truth. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You have to actually look that up in the King James version of that. But for as he thinks, thinketh in his heart, so is he. All right. A a person, so meaning what you think is who you are. Okay, uh, this is an unknown. I, I could say this is my quote. It's not. I'm pretty sure I heard this. But a person is the sum of their thoughts. So meaning you are what you think. Okay? So if you think you're a loser, you're a what? You, if you think you're a winner, you're a what? Winner. So eventually, even if you have all the potential in the world, if your thought pattern is loser, you're going to become a loser. So that's why the enemy may not be able to trip you up, but he wants to plant seeds into your mind and he will eventually try to do it when you're younger okay that's why the enemy wants to come in when you're younger because you don't have the strength to fight it off that's your parents job and if that it didn't happen if something came in that was beyond your control let me just tell you God's not shaming you he said let's remove this thing 
Let's say you have an abusive parent. God isn't saying that's going to be your future. Absolutely not. It doesn't line up to the word. He's going to put people in the pattern in front of you, and he's going to help you to expose that and to forgive and to go forward, right? Some of you, you were abused. You can't just, you can't bury things and go, okay, I'll just never think about it. Because buried things never die. They just come out at the worst times, okay? What we need to do is expose the lies so that we can get freedom, right? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. This is actually a prayer that I pray. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, I, I don't pray that prayer going, search me like I'm a beggar, like, search me, God, I'm bad. You're not bad. Don't think shame. You do mistakes. You have mistakes. But guess what? That, doesn't, that mistake doesn't have to take you out for days. Okay, you can just repent, do quick and just go quick. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some of the ways how to do this. So what is a good plant? Obviously, we go through the Bible. So question, does it line up to the truth? So the more we know the word, the more we get around people that are in the word, that are healthy, that are applicable, that are authentic, not people that act one way or in a different way. That is not a true Christian. A true Christian should be more of a Christian at home than they are in the public eye. Amen. So it is, it is fraud. It is, it is not what God wants. When you see these people, the whole Hillsong, Hillsong thing, we were not, I preached about a little bit about that last week. I don't know if you know, we are not created to hold glory. We are created to what? Reflect his glory. Do you remember that? So when people say, oh, I want, you can do it big, you can be big, and you will say, for the name of God to be big, because it will warp you. It will warp your soul. So these people, like the guy that did Hillsong, he's like, I'm so sorry, you know, we're this. It's, it's awful. Let me just tell you, the more you get around people that aren't going to tell you the truth about your life, the more you're going to just think, oh, this is okay. This secret thing is okay. You need to be around people that are going to say, hey, I call you higher from that. I just talked to Jordan B. I call you higher, Jordan. I've talked to, I'll call, I'll call you higher. Not because I don't like them. It's because I see them, there's more inside of you guys. So, yeah, you can do lots of things, but are you doing it for the kingdom of God? Are you growing for the kingdom of God? I want to challenge you guys. I don't want you guys just going. The Bible says that at the end, that at the end of your life, you can have a choice of not just doing well and getting saved. I don't want you just skimming into heaven. I want you getting into heaven, and you have 30, 60-fold return for every investment that was put inside of you. How did God make plants? How did he make a plant? What did he have? Did he put inside the plants? What did he do? He seeds. You are, you are not, you think sometimes you think, well, I'm just this. You are literally a seed bearing tree. So some of you are like, I want to be this oak of righteousness. The reality is if you just flourish, the re- that's not good. If you heard, um, well, you didn't hear because it, it was Sunday night, but he talked about the, um, this part of the tree where it says the fig tree, where Jesus walked up to this fig tree. It was not the season for figs, but then Jesus walked up to it, and he was disappointed in the fig tree, and he looks at the, the fig tree, and it says that he looked at it, and it, even though it wasn't the season for figs, there is, he grew up in that area, so it actually, Jesus could walk up and knew that at that season, there should be buds where this fig tree it would have figs coming. So it would have little things. And that fig tree had nothing growing except leaves. And Jesus, which he didn't curse a lot. You think he could have cursed everything that he walked by. He said, he cursed it right then. Why? Because he says, don't, don't, don't even waste the soil. You're just growing for yourself. You're not going to be fruitful. 
in your life, if you are someone who is a, a farmer, you don't want this big, beautiful thing, tree, whatever. If, it's not gonna, if you're an apple farmer, you're not going to just have this beautiful tree if it's not going to produce apples, right? And the beautiful thing is you have so much to produce. You are someone who's going to do so much for God, but the enemy's going to come and try to lie to you. He's going to try to shame you. And so as we're going to expose these things, I'm going to give you a couple ideas of how we can do this, which we can. So does, when you have a thought, does this line up to what God says about you? What area, this is a good question. When you think about things that are lies, what area are you avoiding because you don't feel successful? God's calling you to do something. He's stretching you. He's putting something in front of you. And you think, I don't know if I should do that. I'm going to focus on something else that I feel like successful. Can I just tell you, God doesn't care if you fail on something. He just wants you to have faith. Because we are success because he's a success. If you have the fear of failure, you won't go forward and try new things. The first time I spoke was not like the time I'm speaking now. You have to start. So I've had people that have not done leadership in Kyle They had all the traits. They had all the potential. They had a good pattern of it. But they had somehow believed the lie that if you're a leader, then you don't want to do leadership because that's too much responsibility that you can't handle. They literally kept themselves from reproducing more. They just kept it all about themselves. We're, it's so boring when we keep our life small, right? Okay, so what are you avoiding because you don't feel that you can be a success in? And this is another question about lies, thoughts that you think. How do you judge others? How do you judge others? Are you quick to judge people? Do you critique people really quick? You know that's a, that's a sign that you're very insecure. Do you, oh, this is another thing. Somebody just totally, I brag about my husband. I brag about things. I'm just excited about things. And, and, and don't, if you brag about yourself, and you want to let people know how great you are and what you're doing, it's really your insecurity leaking out. So that's a lie that you feel insecure. So sometimes you just, you got to go, well, I didn't know. So the more you get around health, the more you're going to rec- recognize it. Are you avoiding healthy community? You know, what lie are you believing about that? Okay, and uh, the other thing is, what, I'm going to ask this really quick. What are you lying about in your life? I know you're lying about something. Look to your neighbor and say, she's talking to you. She's talking to you. I know you're lying about something. I don't mean that bad. I mean, like, what is it that you think that you think I might say this? Okay, what are you lying about? Okay, maybe it's just, I don't know. There's something that you, have you ever met with somebody and you don't have a clue and you find out they're a different person? Right? They're just fake. You don't need to fake it anymore. Okay? So see to it that no one falls. This is from Hebrews 12.1. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Okay, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So when you have a root of bitterness, it won't just defile you, it will defile other people. So that is talking about the root of bitterness, so when you have unforgiveness. But you can also parallel that if you have other roots of lies, of things that you've believed, you can defile other people from living in the truth. So it says, so I want you to understand, you're going to have things that you've had in your life, but God is bigger. Say, God is bigger. God is bigger. He loves me. And his grace is bigger. So then the second point, what do we do? We start to think that we pull out, we pull or cut our, out the lies. Sorry, I said it wrong. Pull or cut out the lies. So can you bring me the, the Sam's bag? Cute. It's right around there. The Sam's bag. The who? 
the Sam's bag. Okay, okay, thank you. Neil could see it. That's, and bring the other part too. Okay. Good job, Neil. Okay, so this is from my, I put it in the Sam's bag because they look crazy. Okay, so this is a well-used shovel, as you can tell, that my husband's used. I don't think I've used it. It's pretty heavy. I don't know why shovels have to be that heavy. Okay, so um, I guess because they go down to the ground. Okay, so if it's deeply rooted, so this is, this is me. Okay, I'm not much of a gardener. Like, I do have, a, I do have things in my house. So I covered it because it looked like kind of barbaric if I brought it in. Okay, so do you see this right here? Okay, so I have things that are growing in my, in my house. Sometimes I just walk up, and I'm like, okay, this is just a weed. I'll be leaving the house, and I'll just pull it up, and I'll just throw it in the trash. That's easy, right? But what happens is sometimes maybe I got lazy, or maybe it was around a corner and I didn't see. I have to take this thing out, and I chop it up, right? I, ch I chop it up. Look at this thing, and it's well used. You can see this. Okay, so I take it, and I cut it off. Sometimes there are things in your life that you just need to cut it out. You need to stop letting it feed off of your mind. You have to determine, I'm not going to feed this thing anymore, and it just needs to be cut. And sometimes you're going to go, I need, I need accountability. I need somebody to help me with this, okay? So sometimes I can do this by my own. And then I've gone up. There was this, in the back of our house, there's this huge, we have huge pine trees. They're like, I don't know. I don't know how big they are. They're huge. And so then we have these other trees that are in the back, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And my mom walks up in the backyard, and she's looking, and she said, Jenny, you have a vine that is destroying this beautiful tree. And she said, it's about this big. You can't cut it out. You're going to have to have Bill and maybe get something else. And she said, that tree is dying, and if you don't cut it, it's going to be killed. And can I tell you, that, fruit, that tree looked amazing, but that vine was coming around and choking it. There are things in your life that want to choke you, that want to get you out, and you have to be aggressive with it. Say, be aggressive. be aggressive. Be aggressive. So that's not because you're bad. It's because you're better, and you have so much fruit. You have so much that you're going to do for God. All right? So we have to, if it's deeply rooted, we cut it out or we dig out the root. So there are other things that I've had to go in, which I, okay, I didn't do this. My husband did because it's really heavy, but I can drop it, and I guess that's why it's heavy because it goes deep, and then I can kick it down, and I can, I can literally get rid of it, okay? And I will tell you, there are things that are deep into your heart right now that you're going to go, I, I don't know how it's going to go. Bitterness will destroy you, and it will start to destroy all the other things that are growing in your life. So that means you have to forgive and you have to be aggressive at it. So I have forgiven people. When I first got saved, I had to forgive people. Now I've forgiven people that I have found out that have done really bad things that I thought when I was 18 I could never forgive somebody. But remember last week I talked about how I was all of a sudden the Lord re re revealed in my heart that I had bitterness. I had an unforgiveness, not bitterness, but unforgiveness. Bitterness comes from basically you're not taking care of the unforgiveness and it's just going to grow deep into your life. And you go, yeah, I'll forgive them, or I forgive them, but you still want them to pay for it. And you think about it a lot. Can I just tell you, when you ask God to help you, he will help you. And there are things that I've had to literally say, God, you have to uproot this. And anything that fed that had to be destroyed. Okay, meaning my thoughts, my talk, my walk. I had to change everything. I didn't put that person down anymore without them being around. Anytime I talked about them, I wouldn't say anything negative. I trusted God. I didn't want my words going bad. Amen? Okay, so it says in 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Wow. 
So it doesn't say something huge. It says your what? Your thoughts. Now that's not to scare you. That's to tell you, you have a battle that's going on in your mind and you need to be aggressive at it. So when things like that come, the beautiful thing is, once you've cleaned it out and you've like walked through it, as long as you constantly are in the word and fellowship, meaning you're going to small group, you're going to Kyle Fair, you're going to Sunday mornings, it's like you stay pretty darn healthy. You know, that's why Cole, he's here because he, and, and, and they're here because it's like, can I just tell you when you're traveling and he's like, I just needed this tonight. Can I tell you, we need to be in the word. We need to be with each other. Because when I get with you, okay, for perfect instance, I'm, I had all these, this, this message that I'm stirring and I'm, I'm studying this morning. And then Savannah, or not Savannah, Amanda says, you know, my brother Kenny's in town and can we go to lunch with him? Because can he join us for lunch? And as soon as she asked me that, I thought that's going to cut into my study time. But you know what? I trust you, God. I felt this grace. I said, yeah, that'd be great. Love to see him. Love, love to be together. And so we're sitting there at lunch. I had, instead of stressing, I'm trusting the Lord. I'd already studied some, but I was still kind of going like this. I'm literally feeling this grace just to be in the moment. And as we're talking, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to download tonight's message. Can I tell you, when you put God first and you stay, it's like he begins to give you grace and he helps you to do things that would normally take you more time. And I don't have other stuff that's taking up my creative energy because even though you might think, well, you know what, I forgave that person, that is taking your thoughts that God wants to use to inspire you to bring creativity, to do something great in your life, and it will literally ruin you. It will eventually ruin other people. You have a harvest that is coming that's so amazing. And what the enemy wants to do is get you distracted and get more thoughts and lies into your brain. And so that's why I keep it simple, stupid. Let's just keep our mind going. Somebody was asking me, they said, hey, do you want to plant this? I go, no, I have enough in my garden. This is what I can do. This is what I can handle. I can't do anymore. Just do what you can do. And let me just tell you, God is going to do something great through you. You don't have to be this huge. Don't worry about it. You just keep it simple. Keep doing the simple things, right? Amen? Okay, so plant good thoughts. So how do you do that? You plant good thoughts, and that's what he had with the tree. You have to figure out, okay, what thoughts am I going to learn? What am I going to have? It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So when you plant good thoughts, you have the shovel that you once just took out the awful. Now you can't just leave that place empty. You can't just go, okay, I forgave so-and-so, or yeah, now I'm getting rid of that sin. You need to actually replace it with something that is of the word that is positive, not just a good thought. You need the word planted in you. Because the word planted in you will do something that you can't even imagine in your life. You will literally have different thoughts. You'll have different ideas. Things will come to you. I have put myself where I have prioritized the word. And all of a sudden, as I'm prioritizing the word, thoughts will come to me. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean that I become like super over the top. But I have a friend who is a genius. Okay? She goes to the church. And when she was, she grew up in India in a Hindu family, did not know Jesus. She gets sent off to school. She did not do well. She just told me this story on Sunday. So I knew that she was a genius. She's such a genius 
that she's a doctor here in town. And um, you, you've probably seen her because we don't have that many people from India. They're a gorgeous couple, her and her husband. They live here. They now are our neighbors. And she um, had told me once when we were just at lunch, we were talking, and I said something about a book. She goes, yeah, Krishna loves to read, but I don't, I don't like to read at all. And I said, well, didn't you have to read to get your medical exam? Wouldn't you think that's a ton of reading, right, if you know you're any nursing major, right? Well, I don't know how many levels of school. Well, she, she said, actually, I qualified to go into medical school very early. I was 17. And I'm like, of course you did, because your son is two years old, and he knows the states and the capitals and all the countries in Europe and whatever, you know. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can't even relate to you, lady. You know, and I love her as my friend. I'm like, okay, whatever. And she goes, so then I always knew she was smart, and she wasn't bragging. It's just where she's at, right? And I wasn't feeling dumb. I'm just like, it's, you got what you got, I get what I get. You know, it's like, but she tells me, yeah, I didn't read. She goes, actually, before my final medical exam, is that what they take? I'm asking Cheryl behind you. Sorry, you're thinking I'm talking to you. Cheryl's husband's a doctor, so they have to take some medical exam. I think that's a bit, pretty big deal, wouldn't you think? Right? Are you with me? So she said, yeah, I only, I never opened the books in school. I go, what? She goes, yeah, I only listened to the professors. I didn't take notes. So she went, all of her, and then she's about to take the medical exam. She said, my mom was basically, like, very worried for me because they've put all this time, and they're, you know, like, okay, now you're going to take your final. And she was, she goes, well, I'm not going to study. I'm not going to read. And her mom says, I'm flying there. I'm going to read to you. So she said, so I laid on the couch, and my mom just read me the books. I go, that was your study time. She goes, yeah. And then she took the test, and she's like, I don't know how old she is, you know head of whatever. Isn't that crazy? So on Sunday, I had always known that story, and I'm thinking, that's pretty good. And she goes, I got to tell you something, Jenny. She goes, I was not smart in grade school. She goes, I actually didn't do very well at all, and my, her dad was like a principal or teacher or something, and she said they were kind of like really worried about me. So they sent me off to this Catholic school, and I, she said I had a roommate that made me feel very uncomfortable. She was 10 years old, and her roommate was a little older and scared her. So she said, she's, well, literally, I don't want to get into it, but she was like freaky, okay? Not freaky. She was just different. I don't want to get into it. You know, whatever. I'm getting into it without getting into it. So anyway, so she said, I'm 10 years old, and I didn't trust this girl. I'm all by myself. I don't know them. And she said, they all speak English, which is fine. But I, the only book that I had that I could find at that time that I wanted to read was the Bible. She didn't know the Bible. She read it, and she basically, everything she reads, she what, memorizes? And she says, I would read the Bible every night. And she said, within a semester, I went from being the last in the class to the top, and I've never left. And she said, I want you to know that was God. She says, as I, as I, and she didn't know the principle of renewing your mind. She didn't understand about the power of the word. She said, as I read the word, the word renewed my mind and God healed my brain and I could think and I could focus beyond anything that I had ever had before. Isn't that amazing? So want you to understand, I'm not saying you're going to get that uber smart, so don't get that disappointed, but you putting God first helps you and it re-puts, it redoes your mind, rewires your brain to the way that you were supposed to think. Amen? Amen. So, okay, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you guys a couple stories that I have 
and then I'm going to think about some things, and I'm going to ask some of you to give a shout-out of something that you've overcome, okay? I don't normally do that, so get ready, and if somebody doesn't stand up or say something, I'm calling on someone, and you have to do it. Okay, so you don't know who that someone is. So something that I overcame, I was riddled with fear. When I first got saved, I was terrified of things. I can remember being outside of my car. I lived in Rockford, Illinois. There were no big shootings. There was none of that at the time. And I can remember a car driving by, and I'd be shaking because I had to run into the house because I thought they're going to shoot me as I'm outside. I lived in a very safe neighborhood. It was never, never heard of that. Was, that was not even out there. But something inside of me, because I found out later that I put it together, that I was, when I was um, 12 or 13, a girl with my same name, Jenny Thomas, 13 years old, in Rockville, Illinois, was killed. And she was my age, her name was the same, and people started to call the house saying, I'm so sorry Jenny's dead. I'm so sorry this has happened. And I'm answering the phone, and I'm like, I'm not dead. They're like, oh, my God, Jenny, they start screaming all day. This was before you could send a text. There was no text. There was no cell phones. So it was like it was newspaper. There was no emails. So it was literally people just calling to get the information. And who's answering the phone? Me. But it hit me of how brief life was. So from then, I had this fear of I could die at any second. Because when you start talking to people that think you're dead, it kind of does something to you. Conversation after conversation. And they start crying and screaming, right? Right? And so it's like, it's kind of a weird thought. And then somebody showed me the article, and I'm like, I don't know why that was her and it wasn't me. I don't remember what happened in her. She was like walking across the street. It was really a random thing. She was walking across the street, and she got killed by a car. It was like a random thing. So anyway... That fear got planted inside of me. When I got saved, that didn't go away. I still had that fear. What I learned was when I read the Bible and when I was at church, that fear wasn't around as much. And so what I found was the more I, I got into the word and I read the word, I started to study the word for me. Then I declared the word over myself. I felt victorious. So that's a big word, but when you're riddled with fear, have you ever had something that's just overpowering you and you know it doesn't make any sense? So I would start to say my, over myself at 18, 19 years old, I say, thank you, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, okay? And I remember going through things, and as soon as that was about to happen, I would have to go, thank you, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear, of power, love, and I'd use the word to overcome. What happened is I took out that fear and then I had to replace it with faith. So there are scriptures that are inside the word that are for you that God wants to replace in your life. That there are things that used to grow. Can I tell you, there are things that have been in your lineage. Love you, bye. You're good, I love you. And so there are things that have been in your lineage, in your family. That's just what we do. That's just the way we do it. Okay, the other one is when, um, when I became a wife, right? I became a wife. I realized I just nagged. I nagged to get something done because it was a way to get things done. I would nag my husband. I would say instead of like asking him to do something, I'm like, go do the dishes. Or I would just like bossing. I was like busy and I was like, I had like one, maybe one or two kids. And it hit me. I mean, horribly it hit me. You're just like your mom and you're just like your grandma. And those were the one th that was the one thing. They have a lot of great attributes. That was the one thing I didn't want to do. 
And I remember the Lord, I was so riddled for three days I beat myself up. I'm a Christian and I'm still doing this. It was like this big reality of, crap, Jenny, how are you going to overcome this? It's been in your lineage and it was there, it was this. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit stopped me and he said, renew, don't review. And so at that moment, I took the time to get into a book that talked about how to be a godly wife because I'd never seen it. Okay, so then I went into a book to be a godly wife, and it had prayers, and I started to read the Bible, and I started to confess the Bible. In Proverbs 31, there's a scripture that says, she does good to her husband and not evil all the days of her life. And then it says in Ephesians 5, how she, she defers to him, how, how she, will, she will encourage him and she lifts him up. And, and that, that she is, she's like the glory for him. I started to confess these scriptures. Now, no one else would have thought because they thought that's just normal. That's the way everybody else treats everybody. I knew that's not the marriage that I wanted. It's not what I wanted. Can I tell you the only thing that took that off of me was the word and renewing it. And taking out the old was not enough. I had to replace it with something bigger. And as I began to take the word and speak it, when I would want to nag, the word would come alive in my heart and come to my mind, and I would hear myself say, I do good to my husband all the days of my life. So what happens is the word overwrites what's going on in your mind. So there are lies that are going through your brain that you're thinking, well, I'll always think this thought or I'll always do this. Right? So my friend who thought she was always too tall and it was such a pain in the neck, I literally said, well, what scripture, what scripture does it? Okay, well, he, he created you in your mother's womb. He, he designed you to be this height. You are a gift. from. So I just gave her scriptures. But I'll tell you what. I have met with so many people that say they want the truth, but they don't do the action of renewing and not reviewing. They don't do the action of taking it out and replacing it with something new. So right now, there are things in my heart that, that I'm walking through that I'm still getting renewed. Because why? I'm growing and I'm getting stronger. When you're in T-ball, it's good if you just hit and you're impressed, right? Everyone's running, everyone's But when you're in your 20s, you can't be doing the same silly things anymore. So you should be going further and doing more things. Can I tell you, God wants to do something so good and so big beyond anything that you could ever imagine. But your mind and your thoughts will determine how far you go. God's already determined it. He says, yes, you can do it. So for instance, let's say, um, I'm not throwing Q under the bus, but let's say you come from Q's background. I know Q's background. I know a lot of your background, but I'm not, it's not under the bus. This is just where he's at, where he came from. The enemy will remind him of, well, this is, don't forget what you came from. Don't forget this is what your parents did. Don't forget how this has happened, this has happened. And the, the, what the enemy thinks is he can, if he's about to go to do something, or even if he's in it, if he can get his mind focused on that lie, then he can stop him, Right? So we need to stand in the gap and go, when I see Q, I look at him and go, you're a man of God and you're going to make an awesome husband and you're going to be the, the husband to one wife and have lots of amazing, annoying, cute, wonderful kids. Not annoying, but cute kids. You know what I mean? So what happens is it's not just me and, and it's not just him thinking it. He gets around a healthy community that starts to speak and think larger for him. Right? So there are people that don't want that. They want God in their box. They don't want to think that God knows our thoughts. Jesus said, I know your thoughts. And that's why he would go to, let's go to the root of it. Let's figure out why you're thinking this thing. And why do you want this attention? Why do you want to be? You know, sometimes you have this gifts and your talents, but your motive is off. 
Some of you want to be an amazing teacher. Some of you want to be an amazing super this. Why do you want to do that? Let's let God renew your mind, okay, so you're not reviewing the pattern. Perfect example, right? So what happens is your life will only be as great as the sum of your thoughts, okay? God's already established, man, I've already died for you. I've bled on the cross for you. He's, he's been resurrected for us. He has a spirit inside of us. We have to, the Bible says, fix your thoughts. Fix them. Now, I have a car that I've had for years, right? My husband takes great care of our cars. If he can't fix it, he goes to somebody that can, right? You can't, if you want to have something good, you constantly have to what? Fix it. Okay, so it's, I want someone real quick, uh, one of our leaders, do you have something that you can think of that God has overcome in your life? Something that you can think of, man, I used to struggle in this area, and God has given me victory in this, and now I'm walking. Because I will tell you, some of you have questioned, why did I have to walk through that? Can I tell you? I started to tell you the story, and I stopped. When we walked through all of our stuff, and the whole market collapsed, and we lost all of those homes, my husband, he said it was the first time in his life that he felt my family would be better if I was gone because he had a large life insurance policy. And, he, he, it, and you know that as sad as this is, I thought if someone commits suicide, if they have a life insurance policy, I think it's after a year that if they commit suicide, the family will get it, the money. It's, I, I thought it didn't ever come. So I didn't know that. I didn't know those thoughts were even in his brain because he was never like that. He's a pastor. And then what happens is he's a pastor and he's still having these thoughts because we're losing all of these houses, all that he had worked so hard for. Okay? And so he's like trying so hard. He overcomes that through the word, through being in prayer, through me praying my guts out for him and standing. He doesn't tell me that he was even struggling with that till later. In Orlando, where we lived was a very affluent area. We had a guy that came to our church, visited our church. This is a true story. Visited our church. Six weeks later, he killed his wife, his two kids, and himself. He went bonkers. And all the grandparents lost their entire, it's just all gone. And then, next thing I know, Bill loses his good friend, two of his good friends in Atlanta that were over multi-million businesses. They both committed suicide to give their families a life insurance policy. Now, I find this out. When I find this out, Bill said, yeah, I went through that. I'm like, you did? He's like, yeah. When you feel like this, I don't have anything to give them. And the, let me tell you what kept him, the word. The word would come up inside of him. That he knew that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. That God was for him. And if God is for him, who can be against him? Even if all this is coming against. The word that you plant now, your children are going to reap the fruit of that. The things that you overcome now, people around you are going to just come up and just eat it. And they're going to be like, how did you get this? And you're like, well, when I was 18... I was 19, I actually let God just like heal me and just, I would have these thoughts and I would just get, my mind would get re, re, reviewing something and I would just take it out and I, I'd get rid of it. Some of it, it's quick, you can pull it out. Some of it's been growing there since you were a child. And guess what? Nothing's too hard for God, but take it out. You gotta get rid of it. And you have to start looking. Okay, what scriptures can I plant here? So what happened is, in Bill's office, we couldn't figure out why we were going through it. So we have a friend that didn't lose anything. All of their stuff at the right time, they got to keep everything. And we're applauding, we're thanking God, we're saying, yay, Jesus, as we're losing everything. 
We didn't know why. They didn't know why. We weren't better than them. They weren't better than us. And what happened is person after person, because Bill gets up and shares his story, as I'm sitting on the front row of a mega church, he gets up and shares about how we're walking through this. Nobody knew it. He just gets up and he just says, I want you to know what we're walking through. And I was ticked because I was like, how dare you share the story? You haven't even asked me. Because I was like, this hurts. Because it wasn't like, oh, this is an easy thing. I'm like, we're going to lose our cars. We're going to lose everything. We didn't have boats and all. It wasn't like extra stuff. But we had to declare bankruptcy because we had 11 homes. And we paid over $100,000 for a year and a half because people just left them and vacated them because they lost their jobs. And we had nothing else left to go in on. And I'm sitting there thinking, I love you, Bill McIntosh, but I don't, I'm not ready to talk about it. And I was mad because I didn't want anybody else to talk about it. Guess what? Nobody did talk to me. But they went in one by one, and my husband led many dads, husbands, off the edge of suicide. And there was not one more thought of suicide to anybody else around us. Can I just tell you what you've gone through? I don't know why and I don't know how. But get rid of the root of bitterness. Get healed. Because the reason I believe God allows us to walk through that is just like with Joseph, what the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn for good. And you are literally going to stand in a place if you let God heal you and you walk through these things where people are going to get so much health and you're not going to be like struggling to help them. It'll literally be just like an apple, share, an apple tree sharing an apple. This is just who you are. Amen? Right now, you might be thinking, well, I can't get rid of this. Oh, let me just tell you, it's going to go. It doesn't matter what the lie is. You're going to get freedom. You're going to get victory on it. Amen? Amen? Okay, so is there any one of my leaders that want to share? I'll take one testimony real quick. One, two. Joel. Thank you. Can you give Joel a hand? guys uh something that i was thinking of that uh i overcame was feel fear of failure and when i was in high school i didn't do very good i wasn't didn't think i was that smart and my grades reflected it and after that i joined the military and when i got out of the military i went to college and i had a lot of fear and anxiety i didn't think i was smart i didn't think i would do well i was worried i was gonna fail and be embarrassed and, you know, I had, to, I had to go in, I had to take some classes that weren't even worth college credits, a math class and I think a grammar class to get me to where I should be. And I ended up graduating with a 3.9 GPA, wow. thanks to the Lord. And I remember my math teacher coming up to me and she was saying that I was the, uh, this was the math teacher that taught, taught my math class that wasn't worth any credits. And she said that I was the first student of hers in that class to ever graduate. Wow. And I just praise the Lord for that. Amen. Good. Good so good. How many of you know people that are weak, inferior, and have lies, they're going to sow weak, inferior seeds into your heart, into your mind? Okay? The more you get around health, the more you believe what God has for you, the more you believe who you are in Christ, 
you're going to fulfill and do so many things. It's going to blow the minds of so many people. And you're going to have to be uncomfortable with doing more than other people ever thought you could. Because there's a lot of people that they may love you, but they want you small because they can control you in that environment. I want you to know you grow as big as you're supposed to. The world needs you. Jesus created you with something special that he wants to do through you, and that's amazing. And it doesn't have to mean a lot in the world's eye, but it'll mean a lot in the kingdom of God. Amen? So let's stand up. Have you received something today? Yeah? Five of you? Yeah. Okay. So let's just pray. God, we pray right now that you would heal our hearts, that you would help us to think your thoughts, and thoughts that have, I'm just going to pause a little bit. This isn't for you to talk to anybody, but this is just for you to be with the Lord. Lord, we ask that you would expose thoughts that are not what you have. Search us, O oh God, and know our hearts. Tell us and show us any thoughts that aren't from you, that have grown in us right now. If there's a thought that we have, a lie that's been reviewing in our mind. Now I want you just to see yourself say, God, I give you this lie. Just say it all. God, I give you this lie. And I thank you that you are bigger and thank you for healing me. And I take it out in Jesus' name. And I declare that I will be full of your word and full of your truth. That my mind will be renewed every day. Thank you that your word is in my mind and will produce a harvest of 30, 60, 100 fold. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so when we deal with things that are little, it's really that a healthy culture understand I'm not nitpicky at you. I really believe that a healthy culture creates healthy plant environment, okay? So you're going to begin to grow the more you're in Chi Alpha small group, the more you're in our events. Oh, by the way, Saturday, I can't wait to play wiffle ball. I know I'm just going to whip your tail. I feel it, right? If I hit the ball, I'm joking. That was a big joke. He played baseball. So um, we're going to play wiffle ball, and which it's supposed to have holes, so it's not supposed to hurt you if it hits you, right? Is that a lie? Okay, so you can actually play wiffle ball. Has anybody played wiffle ball? It's bo- Okay, it's fun, right? Tell me it's fun. Okay, because I think it's fun. Huh? It's a blast. We're going to play wiffle ball and we're going to play kickball. So it's going to be fun. So 5 o'clock on Saturday, what I'm doing is we are going to go to the, like a fabric store. We're going to buy some fabric and we're going to set you guys up into teams on Saturday. And so Ricky's looking at me like, what? And you guys are going to either you, we have like a purple team, a red team, a yellow team, whatever. And whatever teams, you're going to have to like wear that as a hat or not a hat, like a bandana or you can put it on your leg and you guys are going to like cheer on your team and totally destroy the other team without hurting them okay so we're going to do kickball and if you're not super athletic it doesn't matter we love laughing and having fun right <laughs> laughing at you and not that was not the right term okay so we just have fun so it'll be good everyone's different athletic ability right so it'll be good. Okay, so let me just pray for you real quick. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for our friends, and we just pray that you bless them. Be with us and help us to grow in you and to know you. And God, bless our friendships, bless our mind. Let us um, be renewed in your word. And we thank you, God, 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. You're awesome.